0: hey everyone have you ever wondered why there's so much suffering in the world have you ever wondered why there's so much hurt and violence have you ever wondered if god is real why is there so much suffering well that's exactly what we're looking at today i'm your host jaden gomez and welcome back to bible basics and beyond I am so excited to unpack this week's topic. If God is real, why is there suffering? I think this question and objection kind of stops us in our tracks because we really can get a bit confused when this question is posed and sometimes may cause us to question our beliefs. But not to worry. Today I intend to explore this thought with three main points, which are, number one, clarity of the question. Number two, if God is good and God is all-powerful then why does he allow suffering when he can stop it? And three, can good come from trials and suffering? So, I'm excited. Let's get started. So let's get started with point number one. Clarity of the question. First of all, the question must be clear. In this case, the question is, if God exists, why is there suffering and evil in the world? Looking at the question, it challenges The existence of God on the basis of suffering and evil. The suffering we experience whether personally or the evil that exists. But this question is only rational and coherent if God exists. Or in other words, the question already supposes the existence of God. Now let me explain. Now in order for there to be something bad or evil, There first must be a precedent for comparison. C.S. Lewis, a former atheist, made this point. My argument against God was that the universe seemed so cruel and unjust. But how had I got this idea of just and unjust? A man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. What was I comparing this universe with when I called it unjust? Now let's look at another example. Ravi Zacharias stated that a moral lawgiver is necessary in order to recognize good and evil. He justifies it like this and I quote, For the simple reason that a moral affirmation cannot remain an abstraction. The person who moralizes assumes intrinsic worth in himself or herself and transfers intrinsic worth to the life of another. Thus, he or she consider- considers that life worthy of protection. Transcendent value must come from a person of transcending worth. But in a world in which matter alone exists, There can be no intrinsic worth. Let me put it in philosophical terms. Objective moral values exist only if God exists. Objective moral values do exist and therefore God exists. Does that make sense? So let's move to point number two. If God is good and God is all-powerful, then why does he allow suffering when he can stop it? So now the argument should be rephrased to if God is good and God is all-powerful then why does he allow suffering when he can stop it? The answer is free will. When God made humans, he wanted them to be free. Freedom is a good thing but if humans are to be free they cannot be forced to obey and love God. Because freedom without choice is like a square circle. It's a logical contradiction. No choice, no freedom. God did not want robots. He wanted real people. He wanted his creation to love him as much as he loved what he made. Unfortunately, the first humans endowed with the awesome power of free choice abused their freedom. The tragic consequences of their bad choice and our bad choices today ripple across the world. Now in his book, The Case for Christianity, C.S. Lewis wrote, God created things which had free will. That means creatures which can go right or wrong. Some people think they can imagine a creature which was free but had no possibility of going wrong. But I can't. If a thing is free to be good, it's also free to be bad. And free will is what has made evil possible. Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. God didn't want Robots who followed his every word and were forced to love him. I say this again, he wanted real people. C.S. Lewis wrote A world of automata, of creatures that worked like machines, would hardly be worth creating. The happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other in an ecstasy of love and delight. God wanted us to be free. If God controlled how each and every person acted, there would be no free will. Now people are given freedom to do bad and evil things that will cause much pain and suffering. But God does not interfere because that would negate free will. You see? As Frank Churek said, God is responsible for the fact of freedom. Humans are responsible for their acts of freedom. So let's come to our last point, number three. Can good come out of the trials and sufferings we go through? The Bible tells us that God is not the author of evil. But he uses trials and sufferings to shape us and develop us. James chapter 1 verses 2 to 4 in the NIV reads, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. When I first read this verse, I was very confused. I thought, how can I consider it pure joy when sufferings and trial come my way? But as I read more and I studied this topic, I realized that we can learn through those sufferings And trials, that God wants to develop us and show us the way we should go, even if it means it is the hard way. God often uses trials and suffering to shape our character, develop perseverance, self control, meekness, and so much more. What is important to God and us in light of eternity is our character, which is our true identity. And I know this is going to sound baffling, but suffering is not always a bad thing. Especially with a promise like we have in Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And let us not forget His word in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And a quick bonus point. I think another way we can look at this is in the question of perspective. What is bad can be seen as good depending on the surrounding circumstances. God allows it to achieve a higher and better purpose. I mean, for example, we're in this time where the COVID pandemic has taken over the world, but God may be using it to achieve something better, something that has a higher purpose. I think it's all about perspective. And at the end of the day, this is just a quick overview of this uh, very large topic. Thank you for tuning in this week. And thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you learned something today. Join me next week as we continue to explore the Bible and Christianity. And please do follow us and look out for new episodes. I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, God loves you.